I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, November 18, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So let's reel back the tape a couple of days. We had the gap higher on Friday. The market was basically going sideways to slightly higher in the uptrend. We were talking about both sides of the tape. One side was a potential melt up, some panic buying, some short covering, a la we're at new highs. They want to continue to make new highs. There was nothing wrong with the market. The trend is your friend until it's not. All that stuff is real, was real, continues to be real. So we had to gap up on Friday. We had a little bit of follow through today, but the market is now looking tired. Not to say we can't have higher prices. We can have higher prices. In fact, I'm going to give you an important price. Before I do that, there's a couple of other things that I want to make mention of. We're very extended from home base. 20 period moving average is home base. So the market, even though 20 period moving average continues to creep higher and allows price to continue to creep higher, if they're both in an uptrend at the same time, they can continue to creep higher and stay extended. There's nothing that says the market can't continue to stay extended. There's no measurement for overbought or oversold. It's just unlikely it stays this way for very long. So when we get this way, we're on the lookout for what? We're on the lookout for a couple of things. A sign and a signal of a trend change. Where does that come from? Those are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. There's a small bucket full. You need to know what they are so you can identify them as they happen. They begin from an intraday level and they morph into a daily and beyond. Without one of those, without one of the proverbial tweets, without some kind of a spark, a black swan, even a gray swan, the market can continue to creep higher. We know that. That's not new news. So from a short-term perspective, let's look at the bear side of the tape for a second. Not that there is a bear side of the tape, but let's look at the potential southern direction if we should wake up to a pull-the-rug-out-open-the-trap-door type of day. Where's the first area of real, bona fide support? If the market was trading lower, where's the first area where the buy-the-dip crowd would likely show up? Well, the first logical area just looking from a visual perspective at the daily chart would be the low from Friday. The low is slightly above, so we'll round it to 310. Why is that important? Well, A, it's a semi-fat round number, and B... When the market gapped up on Friday, it made the low around 310. So we don't have to look too much farther than the market thought that price was important. The market will likely think that price is important if visited, but on the first run. We don't necessarily want sloppy seconds. So that being the case, let's talk about the next area down from the daily chart perspective. The next area down is logically the gap. So where does the gap come in? The gap would obviously be filled at 309.55. So now we can pretty much expand it a little bit and say the area of interest would be 309.55 to 310. There should be, under normal garden variety market conditions, 
on a southern run garden variety market support at 309.5 to 310. Could it run down to 309? Of course it could, but that's the general zone where the buy the dip crowd would likely show up. Now, let's flip it around and let's look north. How high can this thing go? Well, the next area where I could say there's a legitimate number, and it's not a secret, I'm going to give it to you. It's a number that I can't be the only one looking at. Will it be magnetic is one question, and I don't know the answer, we'll see. But the other thing to note is, if the market was to get to this number, I'm quite certain there will be many traders shorting it with three hands. What's the number? 315, let's just call it 315 to 316, somewhere in that neighborhood. The actual number, as far as I'm concerned, 315.04. That's the number that came out of the calculator that doesn't have to be the number that stops the market in its tracks. But I do think that general area, give or take a dollar, 50 cents, something like that, will be garden variety overhead resistance. Why? You have to have the why. If you don't have the why behind it, the actual answer doesn't matter. You have to have a thesis. Here's my thesis. And again, I'm not the only one with this thesis. What are we looking at? We're looking at a weekly chart, but we're looking at the high from 2007. I'm going to get more into this in a second, so stay with me for a moment. Again, you're inside my head. It's a dangerous place to be. You've got to give me some latitude. So the high was 157.52. What's 157.52 times 2? It's 315.04. Now, let's go back to the significance of the 2007 high. Let's get some additional visuals working. So here's a monthly chart. This is the 2007 high. And what I want to do is just fast forward so you can see what actually happened. When we broke out above the 2007 high... The market's been on the relentless run. Why is 315.04 important? Because it's twice the 2007 high. We're not talking about market symmetry here. And by the way, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's less people that think this way than I think there are. Symmetry was more like when the market was here and you measure the low here And if you flip it around, where do you get? You get the resistance that happened up here. Something in that neighborhood. I'm just rough sketching it. That's something that's discussed and taught in detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What I'm talking about is more from a numerology perspective. Just moving back to the daily chart for no reason in particular. Just continuing the discussion on numbers, I find it simply logical that the market would find resistance at a natural number like the old high times two. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the only one on the planet that might think like this, but that's my number. Now, what are we going to do with that and how are we going to treat it? If we continue higher, I suspect we're going to find resistance up at that number. We'll call it a zone. But just for fun, watch 315.04. I also have a sneaking suspicion we may see an appearance from the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew sooner than later. So keep the other side of the tape in mind, the one we talked about before in the southern direction. 
Is there any hard evidence of a decline imminent? Not really. Even when you go down to look at other charts, you can begin to make a case for a tail candle if you want to, but the reality is this chart hasn't changed in many, many days. It just continues in a stair-step uptrend. Eventually, we'll have a decline. We'll have a healthy decline. We'll have a 20, 30, 40 handle S&P down day. The problem is you don't know whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or next Monday. Will we have a decline before we see the 315.04? I don't know. I wish I did. That information would be worth a lot of money in many ways. How about the hourly chart? Do we see anything different from a visual perspective on the hourly chart? No. There's nothing here that I can point to that says, here's the reason why the market has a higher probability of going lower. We don't have anything on the chart like that. That being the case, let's move on over to Camp IWM. Big picture. Anything bearish? No. Is it bullish? Well, it's in an uptrend on the daily chart for sure. The weekly chart, above all the moving averages, that's bullish. We're at the top of the range. We're breaking out. It's trying to break out of the top of the range, but it hasn't really done so yet. You can see what's going on. All of a sudden, we put in one of those things that's out of the course, and obviously, in concert with the daily chart, we have a high that we have not surpassed. And if you recall, the same day, which happened to be on the 5th of November, that the IWM put in that high, what did we say? You can be short against that high. It tried to make or did make a retracement, was not able to get or surpass the high, and came lower, but we haven't really gone anywhere in either direction. So what's ultimately happened is what? Ultimately, the IWM is eating time off the clock in a bull flagish type formation above the moving averages there's nothing technically wrong with this market on this chart what about the 120 minute chart something is a little curious on the 120 minute chart you see the 20 and the 50 period moving average 50 is blue 20 is red they're pinched together so something's going to happen it's going to break one way or the other the question is which way well just looking at this chart we really don't know could go on for a while longer. We could make a case that that's your triangle, and despite the fact the moving averages are pinched together, the market can certainly continue to eat time off the clock until what? Until time is up. Do we see anything different or anything helpful on the hourly chart? The answer is we do. We know from an hourly chart perspective, getting above the moving averages, which would also put the market above this breakdown candle high, 158.74. It seems to me that number is important from some time ago, a few days ago. It smells important. At any rate, above that, and A, they'll fill the gap real quick, but that would be more bullish than not because then you would be above all the moving averages, above the breakdown candle high, and it would be free to trade a little higher unrestricted. But if it can't get above and close hourly above the high of that breakdown candle, what happens? It goes in the other direction. Is it running out of time? Yes, it is. How do I know that? It's in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What's doing down at the transportation department? Well, this is an interesting one also. It's interesting for a number of reasons. A, 
This market, along with the IWM to an extent, has been diverging from the Qs and the SPY. So I think that's interesting in and of itself. My two favorite market leading indicators, the IWM, the small cap space, and the transports, which by no accident is also my favorite and our favorite canary in the coal mine. What's a canary in the coal mine? It gives us an indication of something coming. It's a tip-off. It's a tip of the hand. But here's also one of the things that's interesting about the transports. Remember that breakup candle low? We talked about that the other day. On Thursday, when the market held that low, we knew that was an important bogey. There was a gap down below, but at least on the first run, the breakup candle lows are typically supported, at least to an extent. So again, it came down to test that price even below that price today and then closed back above the 20 period moving average. I think that's important. And once again, and I can't help but continue to harp on this, but I'm harping for good reason. Time is more important than price. Here's another example where time plays a role. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's because it's in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader and you might not have seen it yet. And just to add insult to injury, it's the most important information that I'm able to teach you. And by the way, don't think of that as like a commercial. It's more akin to a public service announcement. Back to the transportation department. What's the other side? What if it's a rope dope Well, how would we know that? We have to look at the other charts. 240-minute chart. Looks pretty good, actually, from a is it a pullback in an uptrend perspective. That's what it is. That's what it'll be until it's not, until it breaches the low right here, 10,787 on our 240 candle close. And that's just what I say looking at this chart. Remember, what's important to me is what jumps off the page when the chart populates. They didn't fill the gap, and we know how I feel about that. Let's review it. We look at it in one of two ways. Not filling the gap, and the gap we're talking about is right over here, around 10,735, give or take. So not filling the gap can be deemed bullish. They couldn't get there. They traded away in the other direction. We've seen that over and over and over again. However, it could be a rope-a-dope. They could come back down and get the gap. Do we want the gap if they come back down and get it? No, because they missed it by a hair before. Therefore, we would classify it in the sloppy seconds camp. That's just the way I look at it. That's my story, and I stick to it. Using the 80-20 rule, that's applied with this scenario, just like many others. Way more often than not, that's the type of situation that unfolds. Let's move our attention over to Silicon Valley in the queues. Anything new, anything to report, anything change? No, it's in an uptrend, continues to grind higher. Nothing wrong with this chart. Can't find anything wrong with this chart. Don't try and find anything wrong with this chart. Just move it along. XLF, we had the high. We talked about the high when they put in the high. They came down a little. They're coming back up. It's in an uptrend above the moving averages. There's nothing bearish on the chart. There's nothing bearish on this daily chart for sure. Can you still be short against the high from the other day? This is the high from the 7th. You can if you choose to. Without the financials going down, it's unlikely we see any real disruption in the market on the southern side. And if the financials are strong, it's a pretty good hint we're going to see higher price tags across other markets. 
It's part of the duck conversation. The heartbeat of America, putting aside the auto business for a second, but the heartbeat of America is the financial banking system. Without that, you have nothing. And forget America. Without that, across the world, you have nothing. So the heartbeat of the global financial system is what keeps this going. If you get a crack in the financials, you'll know it. We'll see it. We don't have it today. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, the SMH, do we have anything doing here? Not really. Same routine as the Qs. We'll just move it along. The story hasn't changed. If you're going to have a down day, they'll come fill the gap. What is this also known as? A former breakout area. So if they come back down to fill the gap, which is also a former breakout area, would there be a natural inclination of chart support? And the answer is, unless they're collapsing and unwinding for some unforeseen black swanish reason, the answer is, yes, it's still in an uptrend. The 20, 50, 100, 200 period moving averages are all moving upward, and therefore the trend is higher, and therefore on any pullback in a natural area, and we know why that's a natural area, you're inclined to find chart support or buy the dip crowd. That, my friends, is just simply the way the market works. Now, we're going to take a detour. It's a little bit of a short hop. We're going to change the topic for a second. We're going to talk about volume. Why? Because we're going to couple volume together with shenanigans. First of all, you can see the volume at the top says 48 and change million shares. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, before I started the video, I saw 50 million shares up there. And it was there as sure as I'm sitting here. How do you have a decrease in volume in the same day? I'm not 100% sure. But wait, there's more. So now that I see that, I'm digging a little deeper. We're just talking around things, but we're keeping it very simple. It's very binary. It's either right or it's wrong. So here we are. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. So if you take the volume and it's at the bottom of the screen, so for example... From 9.30 to 10.30, the total volume was about 6 million shares, slightly more than 6 million shares. The second hour of the day, you had about 6 million shares, slightly less than that. If you go and do that for the next several candles, for the next several hours to the end of the day, what do you get? What you get is something less than the total volume. So I don't know what kind of railroad they're running over there. We're putting it in the shenanigans bucket and it's staying there till it's explained. Here's an in-between hop. Those are hard to handle. Why are we looking at soybeans? This is the soybean continuous January 2020 contract. Who cares? Well, some people care. I don't know if you care. I don't know if I care. We're looking at the chart and I have a story to go along with the chart. Soybeans is active because there's a lot of discussion around the China trade. Remember... China was going to buy 50 billion, 50 trillion, 50 whatever of ag. So therefore, soybeans moves around. And by the way, remember when we discussed it at the time, they were buying 40 billion, 30 billion, 50 billion, whatever it was. And then we said at the time, they're not buying that much. And then all of a sudden, within the last day or so, they're not buying that much. It's always a bunch of nonsense it's the same routine over and over and over again so here's the weekly chart and here's the story time is more important than price 
isn't it? Nod your head together with me up and down. Yes, time is more important than price. So what we have is a breakup candle low comes in about 898. I'm rounding. It's a story. We can do the same thing on other charts with different stories. But this story, all of a sudden, the anticipation of how much agriculture China's going to buy is waning. It's shifting. It's on the way down. Several weeks in a row, soybeans are coming down. What's going to happen around 900? 898, the breakup candle low. The news is going to be worse than it was today, worse than it was last week. Whatever the case is, it's going to be bad, and that's going to be what? A likely, at least, temporary bottom. 900 on soybeans. What is this also? Is this a former breakout area? Do markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas? Yes, they do. That's one of them. 80-20 rule is all I have to say. 80% of the time, this stuff works. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. Speaking of ducks, I'm hungry. I'm going to pull the ripcord. Before I do, I must say that I appreciate each and every one of you. As you know, without you, these videos are not possible. So therefore, I thank you. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.